Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Howdy, what's up? This is the Long 2 Fantasy Basketball Podcast from faketeams.com. My name's Natty. His name's Brandon. Brandon, what's up? What's up, Natty? How are you on this fine Sunday evening? Uh, I'm okay. The Pistons lost to the Timberwolves, your favorite team. Uh, so I thought we could start today uh, by you talking about your favorite Timbercats. It's so funny. That's like how far I've been pushed that I'm a Timberwolves fan. That's And that's like I – used to just despise this team, but <laughs> I just think that they are the most talented team that no one takes serious. I'll agree with that. Sure. Um, and for a reason, right? It's Cat, it's D'Lo, and then it's a young, a young guy who we don't completely know what he is. Because, like, Anthony Edwards could be good. But he also could be like special, right? Like the yeah. way that he's able to do things. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's going to be one of the greatest, but he's kind of like doing things that like Michael Jordan did. You know what I mean? Like as far as like his athleticism, it's huge. Yeah, totally. it's ridiculous. And he continues to get better. Uh, I mean, this is sort of a weird season for him. I feel like he's been a little bit. Uh, not dismiss, but like you said, no one's paying attention to the Timberwolves. And uh, D'Lo is back. They've been playing great defense. Uh, this team is now in seventh place in the West. Uh, they've, they're have they 7-3 and three over their last 10. They've won four in a row. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I think, has rubbed off on... Mm-hmm, which the, you totally called. He's just sort of the perfect dude for that team. You know, like it's not Jimmy Butler, <laughs> you know, but it's a dude who's intense on defense, but is also not, you know, telling you to uh, let him shoot everything. And, uh, you know, I think there have been rumors about the Timberwolves maybe trying to get Marcus Smart, which would add to their physical acumen on defense and, you know, smarts on defense. But this team has a generational offensive big man in cat and possibly a generational athletic wing in ant-man and Mm -hmm. if those two can coalesce and both be primo at the same time i do feel like that is dangerous because cat's like one of the best scoring big men ever and when you see ant play he just looks bigger than dudes and he kind of plays with uh, a joy that is sort of lacking sometimes from Cat and from uh, D'Lo. And no one knows who Jared Vanderbilt is. Nobody knows who the rest of the Timberwolves are. No one watches their games. Um, but they've been pretty good 
in 2022, and it looks like they're going to be a playoff team. I mean, they're in the seventh seed right now, and they're a better team than the Clippers, than the Lakers, than the Blazers, than the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Kings, Thunder. You know, like I sort of feel like they're where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, they're not consistent. And so, you know, the league is just talented enough. It, it's like they're kind of at that point where they have to take someone's spot. Sure. Um, and I just don't think that they're consistent enough to do that yet. But, you know, D'Angelo Russell in the games I've seen, you know, his shooting – um, has not been great at all this year. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, shooting like 41% on the year. Um, but he is distributing the ball, almost seven assists. And, you know, I've said a few times that assists are probably the hardest stat to come by, I think, in yep. fantasy. Um, and, you know, he's been able, and that's not just like, hollow production like he's been able to impact games and he's really kind of like understood it seems like he understands his role so those other two guys it it really comes down to like are they going to dominate and uh you know especially Carl Anthony Towns um the question is with him is just like is he going to settle for a lot of jump shots is he going to really commit to you know protecting the paint um because if he does, you're right. I mean, he's just as good as potentially anybody, right? I mean, I'm not going to put him right there with, with Joker and Embiid just yet, but, like, he's possibly the third guy in that kind of ring of just, like, you know, true seven-foot big men who are just, you know, can do it on both ends. Embiid and Joker should share the MVP this year. They're both so out I know amazing and cat is not at that level for sure he's tier beneath but he's also one of the best scoring basketballers in the nba and he never gets respect for it really because again no one's watching the timberwolves um they you know like they're not dangerous. I I don't even think that they would win a first round series or like really put up much of a fight. But um you can see them getting better and I think that's like the best news that Timberwolves fans have had in a while. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is these are the guys who've gotten the bulk of the minutes this year which beyond, you know, the big 3 there. So you have Malik Beasley who's mm-hmm. been very disappointing. He shouldn't 37% um, on the year uh, you have, you have after that, it's Jared Vanderbilt, who a guy we both really like. Um, and he's been really good. We've talked about him a lot. Um, he's, you know, does he have room to grow? Uh, for sure. Um, but ultimately like, is he going to be that piece that kind of puts them over the top? I don't, I don't, quite know um yeah and then after that it's Patrick Beverly Torian Prince Jaden McDaniels Nas Reed so um you know I think that they're missing a piece for sure if they're ever going to be serious but as far as like top end talent at the you know those top three spots and then you throw V8 in there it's like a, a really nice guy to kind of round out that starting lineup with with you know um Patrick Beverly and um 
you know, I, I, I kind of, I still believe that this team is, is, they have enough to, to, to have a foundation. They better make the fucking playoffs this year. Like this is, you, you just said it. They have enough. Like you playoffs or play in play in. Sorry. They, they, they better be team seven through 10. (laughs) Well, yeah, they'll, they'll be in the play in for sure. Dude, that's a big fucking deal for Minnesota. That's progress. That 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 is a successful season. And I think it's because of what you just said. Like you have you have a foundation you that works, that makes sense, that doesn't look like it's going to get blown up. Like you can build off that. Package V eight with something and you know, maybe upgrade that spot. Um they'll they'll have options, but the development of Ant and the continued improvement of cat better keep going. Yeah. But otherwise they'll never be more than mediocre. Exactly. Um, Okay. Let's talk about our challenge game from last week. We'll get into the recent trades later on in the show, and then we'll end with some player ads. Um, Our challenge game from this past week was Phoenix at Atlanta. Uh, Phoenix was on an 11 game winning streak. Atlanta broke it. They beat the Suns 124 115. Um, Phoenix is now 42 and 10. They're number one in the West. They have the best record in the NBA. Atlanta is now 25 and 27. We're recording this on Sunday night, by the way. Uh, so the Hawks are 25 and 27. They're 10th in the East. They're, they're barely in the play in games. Um, Trey went nuts. He had 43 points, but only five dimes, which I thought he had more than that. Um, But yeah, only five assists. He went six for 11 from three. The Hawks shot 20 of 41 from three overall, and the Suns shot nine of 32. That's why the Hawks won and the Suns lost. Brandon, what did you think of this challenge game? Um, I mean, Trey Young was just, you know, 43 points um, against Chris Paul against the vaunted Suns defense. Yeah. I mean, Trey, he's, he's just, he's anyone. I mean, I'm sure there are definitely some, some Trey young stands, um, but from the, from the get go, but I think the average, like educated basketball fan, like no one could have saw this, this coming from this guy. Like, I think, we questioned everybody kind of questioned would he be able to produce like this? And we thought like, it'd be cool if he could score 20 points a game. And this guy's like scoring 30 points a game. Yeah. How um, could you anticipate this <clears throat> tough little motherfucker coming in and being like, no, I'll drop 50 if I need to. Yeah. In it's Madison insane. Where garden. Yeah. He's, he's fearless, man. He is. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's special, man. And um, like you said, he didn't, you know, only five dimes. Um, the, the the rest of the guys on the Hawks, John Collins had had 19 points, 10 rebounds, kind of a, mm-hmm. a John Collins game. Um, Clint Capella had 12 rebounds, only six points though. And then Carter had 19, um, and Danilo 12, Bogdanovich 11. So scoring wise, it was really just like Trey. He got what he needed from like his two supporting guys and Collins and Carter, and and uh, that was it. From the Phoenix side, I mean, Devin Booker. Whoo! Um, P.U. What happened? Yeah. So, 
Devin, he put up, he scores 32 points, but one for eight from deep. And uh, he took the most he, shots of the game, I think. And he missed a couple free throws. Um, so, you know, he was able to, to, to kind of salvage his fantasy night with that scoring. Um, and from the field, he actually wasn't terrible. Uh, he was just under 50%. And so, you know, I think Booker. 32 points on that was 27 the shots. And Trey Young had 43 points on 25 shots. Yeah, like, that was the difference Booker right there. Those two guys. Um, Bridges had 24 points, eight rebounds, four assists, a couple steals. Uh, He's sensational. <clears throat> he yeah, that was a sensational. He's still, he's still, he's not an, uh, a guy we need to discuss in ads, but he's, he's only owned in like the 85% of leagues, I think right now. And he should be, he's, he should be owned in a hundred percent of leagues. It's, I, I think it's the, uh, maybe not a hundred, 95, sure. 95 to 98. But it's like, like everybody knows who Chris Paul and Devin Booker and even DeAndre Ayton are. No one knows who Kale Bridges is. You know, like yeah. they know who Miles Bridges is. They don't know yeah. who this dude is. Um, strangely enough, Aiton didn't have a big night either. I think he might have had just six points too. Um, yeah, he had just six points. That's so strange. Um, yeah, he only played twenty four yeah. minutes in and this one. So yeah, I yeah, you know, it just sort of turned into a wing game. <laughs> you know, and it was. Uh, it was tough. It was just you're because you're watching the Suns and like you know for sure the Phoenix Suns are better than the Atlanta Hawks. Like as a team, like in a seven game series, the Suns would win. They're title contenders. They might be the best team from top to bottom in the NBA this year. Yeah, but Seriously. the Hawks still fucking beat the shit out of them because, well, a I mean the Suns were tired. They just didn't have their legs. They could make jump shots. They weren't being, you know, that aggressive, even though they salvaged the game and didn't embarrass themselves. But when the Hawks are shooting this well, it's it's unbeatable. I mean, Herter was five for ten, I think. Like they just they were hitting everything, and then Trey was making ridiculous shots. Um and they were just more energetic, you know? But yeah. Atlanta's defense sucks so bad that the Suns were able to stay in it, even though Devin Booker was one for eight from three, even though, you know, eight isn't giving you anything. It, it was like, I can't, I, I enjoyed watching the game, but I came away thinking even more of the Suns and a little bit less of Atlanta, even though Trey's incredible. And I really like a bunch of their players. I just don't really see how you can win a seven game series when you're that dependent on offense. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree, you know, uh, listen, like if I'm going to bank on, on, um, a team at this point in the season, I think that this is still like one of those teams where they just, they have, they don't have like a ton of depth, but the depth they have is like really high quality. And, um, you know, I just think that they're solid at like every position. Um, they have a ton of big man depth. Um, they have enough wings. And then it's like, it comes down to Chris Paul. Is he going to, you know, is he healthy? Is he going to kind of like have those games? Like he was one for five from three in this one. 
Um, it just, it happens sometimes, right? Like, sure. They just, you know, you, your, your two best guards go, you know, two for 13 and, you know, it's just, you can't win on those nights. That's why they play a series. Um, but I think overall, I, I still think that this is a really good formula. And I think that like, they're going to continue to just kind of cruise through the regular season. And that's, it's strange because this is still a team that has questions. Like they didn't extend Aiton. Um, Cam Johnson is breathing down Jay Crowder's fucking neck. Cam Johnson, Cameron Johnson is one of the best volume three point shooters in the mm-hmm. NBA. And I mean, I, I think he's sensational. He'll be one of my ads later, uh, but that's just such a weapon for the Suns to have. And you know, how do you upgrade this team really without making an, an enormous trade? And like, I don't really know what kind of trade that would be like Beal, I guess maybe, but like, why would you do that? Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, Grant, I guess, but it, but I mean something like that changes the game that really makes people think, okay, this is the team that has the best odds to win the finals. I don't really you've know. Been trading, you've been trading Jeremy Grant all season, but yeah. I actually do think that Phoenix would be a, an interesting destination for him. Um, it doesn't seem like Jeremy wants to accept that kind of a role. Totally. So, and it doesn't really seem like Detroit wants to trade him. Um, yeah. But the kind of perimeter defense that he would bring, I think, is an actual upgrade for Phoenix. But I don't know if it's that much of one, really. Um, so I don't know, like I, they're not going to have shooting nights like this, uh, especially when there's days off in between games. Mm -hmm. Um, Atlanta, meanwhile, they also have depth, but it's just not as quality. And the discussion around this team now is like, oh, well, there's too many mouths to feed. So we had to trade Cam Reddish, by the way, Atlanta is eight and five since they traded Cam to the New York Knicks (laughs) and he's not playing up there either. Um, but this is what we said when they signed all these dudes last year, we were like, Oh good. They'll have depth. Like the depth was the point. And now they're blaming their depth being like, Oh yeah, well, you know, Bogdanovich needs his shots and Danilo Gallinari needs his shots. You're like, what? They didn't need their shots last year. Why? What happened? This is a team dying to consolidate some of these dudes like two or three of these dudes into one would be perfect for the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know who that guy is. You know, there's a part of me which thinks like, let's, you know, fuck defense. Like let's try to get someone like CJ McCollum and just double down on offense. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do, (laughs) but I, I do kind of, Capella and John Collins and Trey together. And, you know, Hunter is a good defender out on the wing. And when Herter's making his shots, then he's great. Uh, so I don't, they just don't seem like they're a real threat unless they get all the luck in the world. Yeah. I mean, they, they have, this is another team with a lot of depth, right? And so like yeah. when you have a lot of depth, it's great during the regular season, but in the playoffs sometimes that just means that like you don't have a crunch timeline. Yeah. Like why um, is sweet Lou Williams on this team? <laughs> you know? Like why didn't they trade Lou Williams to the Knicks instead of Cam Reddish? Whatever. 
And Cameron is not playing at all. Yeah, I Tibbs. I mean, I mean that's I don't really, even understand what's later. going on there. It's ridiculous. It's I mean it's yeah. malicious, but whatever. Um, um and one like thing to Hawks, mention Oh, go ahead, yeah. I was just gonna say one thing to note, uh JaVel McGee, um, he didn't mm-hmm. play a ton, only sixteen minutes, but five for five from the field, he hit two for three from the three point line. He didn't really rebound, he only had a couple rebounds. Yeah, he that was so more. bizarre. Yeah, um, but it looked like the wings were getting all the rebounds in this one. So maybe that that happens when the other, you know, you're shooting a lot of three pointers and you're getting those long bounces. The bigs took right? no shots in the paint. Yeah, it was just yeah. If there's no, if there's a lack of inside shots, you're not really getting those those in close rebounds as much, right? So, um, you know, like with that said, like that's the only thing, but uh, JaVel McGee still looks like he's going to have a role on this team. And if he's going to be efficient like that, you know, if you're in a deeper league, you can, can still kind of look to JaVel for like some points and some rebounds and, and he had a block. JaVel and Bismack Biombo are kind of a nice center duo. And, you know, Aiton being there sort of ruins it. Um if if they traded Aiton away for a player out on the wing and just depended on JaVale and Bismack, I I wonder how that would work. I mean it's it's worked when Aiton hasn't been able to play. Um how, how I don't, do you I don't feel think about, it would be I don't I don't I wouldn't dislike it too. You know, I think uh I think Aiden he he still has like more upside, but I don't know if he has like a ton more upside. At this point, that makes I just sense. think he's important for the Suns because you need to be able to have an athletic big who can run if you're going to be going up against uh, Giannis. And, but they have that. But Javel and Javel can can still move. But and Aiton is younger and different and better. You know, he just is. Um, Javel's totally useful, but he's also like a dude that maybe can't play more than twenty minutes per game. Um and but that's all. You, do you really want them for much more than that? It depends on who you're playing. I mean, it's like we in the East. We I know agree that like uh, certain matchups can fuck you, and you know if Phoenix just runs into the wrong team, then and without Aiton, then maybe you know that could spell their doom. I mean, they went to the finals last year with Aiton. <laughs> you know, yeah. But I I. But I, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I agree. I, I don't. I think he's the most tradable person on the team too. That would bring back value. That could really change the calculus. But whatever. Uh, I love Phoenix. I think that they and Milwaukee are the two best teams in the NBA. What do you think about that? Um, they're, they're, those are definitely two of the best three for me. Um, I still. Minnesota is the are... <laughs> <laughs> I still think the Warriors, you know, I mean, Clay Thompson's still on a minutes restriction. They don't have Wiseman back. Um, they've had other guys like in and out of the lineup. Draymond yep. Green's still out. Up for like a so, month, maybe. I mean, they're they miss Draymond a lot. Oh, yeah, they do. But I still think that Draymond, you once you bring back Dre, Clay's playing you know closer to to his full minutes um and then if Wiseman can do anything um with the way like Kaminga and Moses Moody are developing like Kaminga's a guy who in 
dynasty leagues, like if you're in any dynasty league and he's not picked up, like I'm yeah. picking him up like right now. Totally. Um, All your guys, really. Yeah, they've got like a ton of talent. I mean, Jordan Poole is probably like my son's favorite player on the Warriors. He loves Curry, but he also just like loves Jordan Poole. And I, Jordan Don't Poole's live. game is, yeah, seriously, <laughs> he's, his game is like, he's, he's probably going to be a starter in the NBA at some point. Um, That's the thing with these Warriors is that like Clay coming back. Uh, really crowds them a little bit and like the Warriors don't make trades in season but if you were ever going to do it I feel like this is the year when you have Poole you have Moody you have Kaminga you have Kavon Looney you have Wiseman I mean you know there's just a lot of ways they could they have Lee Lee, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like they have uh, who else do they have? Um, Perry, Gary Payton Jr. or Gary Payton right, Second? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like they have a lot of. They have so much. Good guy, Moody was a guy that you know just start. He's really just now kind of starting to play. Uh, yeah. But Moody, Moody has like one of the biggest like height to wingspan differentials, like ever. Right. He has a seven foot one wingspan and his hands like were like Dante Murray. Yeah, it's like wings yeah. holding when he spreads. Like he's, <laughs> his wingspan is probably the same as DeAndre Ayton's, and like his hands are like probably bigger. It's insane. And he's a shooter. So yeah. like that just kind of lets you know like what his upside is. Um and then Kaminga, I think, is even better than him. Personally, I've, I've been really him. high on Kaminga oh, since man. he was in high school. He was he's a stud. He's a uh, Draymond is such a good influence for him too. He's like yeah. go balls to the wall, but do it smart. Yeah. So they've got a lot of young talent. They could definitely do a trade and they still have Iga Dollar. Yeah. They're okay. I mean, I'll buy that. Um, I will also buy the lethality of LeBron James in playoff series, even though I think the Lakers are basically a catastrophe right now. Um, but you you've believed in the Lakers. You 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 caution the panic but yeah. i don't know man this lakers team is just okay it's only so many times that lebron can like they can build these weird teams around lebron with lebron's you know input obviously um so he's he's just as much to blame but uh like they do it and it kind of worked out like the last time because rondo all of a sudden just like became a shooter like <laughs> that year and like and so i was like yeah it worked but like, like rondo is like loki like there's variants of rondo and yeah. every season you have a different version like we'll have yeah. alligator rondo next year yeah and uh but it's just it's not a it there's there's tons of talent i mean but it's just not the right mix anthony davis is definitely having a healthy ad um definitely helps a lot but I just don't like this fit with Rondo. I would have much rather seen them do a, a deal with the uh, the Kings and get Buddy Heald plus probably some other talent. You know, maybe they could have gotten Bagley, you know, with, with Heald. Sure. Who knows, right? And, uh, you know, Kuzma yeah, and just, KCP. Kuzma's popped out in Washington. What have they yeah, seen? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. playing natural position now. Okay, but this is a good transition because uh, into trades. 
because I think that one of the reasons we're going to start with the Clippers and Trailblazers trade first. Mm-hmm. The Trailblazers traded Norm Powell to the Clippers for stuff. It was a salary dump. Uh, Norm Powell is under contract. He'll be a Clipper for the next four years, I believe. He played with Kawhi in Toronto. You know, he's a good scorer and perimeter threat and defender. He's a definite upgrade for the LA Clippers. But it's going to make the team more expensive. um, And people don't really know why the Clippers are, you know, doing this because, you know, they don't have Paul George or Kawhi this year, but they also can't tank because they don't have their draft pick. I think one of the reasons they made this trade is because the Clippers want to go on a deeper playoff run than the Lakers. Yeah. Even the Clippers are all in. Win. Yeah. Like they want to, like the Lakers could crater for sure, or they could just have a, you know, a low playoff seed, but the Clippers, they're still treading water and they just got better. And if they can just make it even a little bit farther than the Lakers, I feel like that is uh petty but also totally behind some of the reasoning like they want to be the la team still in the playoffs when lebron and the lakers are out i think yeah well so and let's let's talk about this trade though like let's list everyone that was in, involved in this trade sure can't forget so Eric. let's so so robert covington and norm powell go to the clippers so right there um you've, you've added a defender and you've added a scorer um so that that Oh, come on. You're totally done on Covington? He has regressed pretty bad. But, like, for sure, a a help defender and another, you know, big wing. It's fine. All right. And then, in exchange, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, who's played this year, and Keon Johnson in a second-round pick. So, Bledsoe... Salary done. Does he have a role? I mean, on this team, from a fantasy perspective, do you think that his that he has any value here? I think they're going to start him over Anthony Simons. <laughs> no, not saying that, but yeah. I mean, is he, he the first? His salary next year is like not guaranteed, I don't think, or it's like a fraction of what um, his salary this year is. He's just like the cost of doing business. The Trailblazers wanted to get under the luxury tax. This is a way for them to free up money as they retool around still staying Dame, apparently. Um, Bledsoe could even get bought out this year and then sign with a team with title contention hopes. Um. Is he a fantasy asset at all? I don't really think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but you're right. Like, you know, he could go somewhere else and potentially maybe do something. But I don't really think that Bledsoe too many teams. He go to lots of places, for- really. Like, if, if they're willing to buy him out, um, you know, like a team, shit, Dallas, maybe. You know, a guy mm-hmm. not being asked to score. Uh, how about going home to Phoenix? at long last, you know, would that make sense? Um, but he's a shade of what he used to be. Uh, I mean, there, this rookie is supposed to be like, I think he got, had the best vertical at the combine. Um, you know, he's a project, he's a flyer, he's an Uber athlete and, uh, he's cheap. And that's why the Blazers wanted him. Um, to go back to Rob, Bob, Covington. 
I do agree that his defense in the context of next year with Kawhi and Paul George, I do think that's good. Like that, mm-hmm. that, that should be potent and Norm Powell too. Um, so that, that could be a fearsome foursome, uh, on defense for sure. But he's, he's not like a one-on-one stopper. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but just saying there, that's a guy that you would expect will, will, you know, play for them and be in that rotation and his role is going to be to defend. So, um, yeah, not, not much, uh, you know, Bledsoe, probably not really anything here. Um, but if Dame ends up being shut down for the season, um, he could find his way into, to a role, you know, maybe, um, as a backup, you know, uh, or, or maybe even the, the second or third guard off the bench. Um, and if the Blazers trade CJ, then maybe he has a pretty significant role. Yeah. I'm not banking on that, but I agree. But yeah, so uh that that was that was the first trade. Um did you have any other thoughts on this one or did you want to discuss well, the other trade? I thought trade? this trade was interesting because it's not about this year really for either team. You know, mm-hmm. like the Clippers they absolutely made an upgrade to their roster, but they don't consider themselves title contenders without Kawhi or Paul George. And it doesn't seem like either of those guys are going to be back this year. You know, like maybe they'd be ready for the playoffs, whatever. But next year, when Kawhi and Paul George are there, having a complementary perimeter threat like Norm Powell is going to be huge for them. He's a better player than Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. Um they they can definitely upgrade their team. I mean, they can upgrade the point. They could upgrade <laughs> uh, the you know center position. But Reggie Jackson seems to really like it there, and it seems like they like him. But you know, I could still see the Clippers making trades. Like Serge Ibaka doesn't need to be there, but he's played well. You could you know you could throw him to somebody. You could trade our Jacks. Like if the Knicks are like, we really just want a point guard, and we think he could do it. You know, like why not? He's not untradeable. So I think the Clippers could make more moves, but I think this move was about next year because Norm, I, PG-13, and Rob Bob together should work really well, I think. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, I agree, and I think that that is – I like that move. Um, I thought that – I like Norm Powell. I yeah, mean, me the guy's scoring almost 20 points a game. Um, he's not, he, he's, he's, you know, fairly efficient. Um, he's three point threat and, uh, he's not much on the defensive end, but like as a, you know, for, for a team like the Clippers who just like, you know, they need offense with the absence of, of, of Paul George now. Um, I think, uh, I think it was a, a pretty good move for them. He also doesn't stop the ball, you know, like he's not like Marcus Morris. Yeah. You know, it's like Norm's going to shoot or he's going to move or he's, yeah, he's, I, him and Kawhi worked great in Toronto. You know, why, why not try it again? Exactly. Um, And the Blazers save money. They don't have to pay the luxury tax this year, which will help them uh, improve their roster next year. So this trade was about next year for both teams, I think. Mm -hmm. The second trade, which occurred today. Karis Levert, another Go Blue Michigan Wolverine, is heading to Cleveland to join his old teammate on the Nets, Jarrett Allen, who is now 
or should be an all-star for the Cleveland Cavaliers, an astoundingly good Cleveland Cavaliers squad. Karis LeVert is um, top 10 in scoring on drives this year, and the Cavs as a team are 29th in that particular part of the game. No one really drives on the team except Darius, and uh, Emperor Darius is injured right now with, I think, a back spasm or something. So anyway, Cleveland could use the help in one of their weakest points. I, I'll let you take it away because this is uh, this is the start of something maybe in Indiana. Yeah, and I I like this trade for both teams. Um, I mean, Karis Levert in his last game, he only had forty two points and eight rebounds. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and eight assists, five rebounds. So. Um, that just kind of shows you, but what I really liked from Karis was like, he was really distributing the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, it, you know, he, he had a nine assist game an eight assist game, a nine assist game, like all kind of in the last couple of weeks. So, um, he's, he's a guy who like in the ab with the absence of Ricky Rubio, um, you know, he's, he could come in and kind of play a little bit of like backup point guard for them a little bit, or maybe, you know, if Garland wants to play off the ball or Garland needs a rest. Um, so I, I really like this trade for them with Levert. It's always health. It's hard to like yeah. bank on him at this point. Cause he's never been healthy. So I can't get too excited, but I mean, if he stays healthy, this could be big. Um, it's just, you know, just, he's never been healthy. So he was we'll, we'll the have to focal see. point of the offense on the Brooklyn Nets when he and Jared, just a few years ago, just a few years ago, he was the main dude on offense on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he's a dude that can score. And for Cleveland, that is super fucking important right now. They're rounding out their team. They have one of the best rookies we've seen in a long time. They have one of the best big men centers in the entire NBA. They have one of the most improved young point guards in the entire NBA. They also have Chidi Osman. Mm-hmm. You know, they also yeah. have Rajon Rondo. They mm-hmm. don't have Ricky Rubio anymore because they traded him to get Kerslevert. They needed help. And goddamn, did they get it? Like, I've always loved Karis. But he he fits on this team. This is a move that makes sense geometrically. It does. No, it, it's this could be an amazing trade if he stays healthy. But um, you know, we just have to see. It. I just I just want to temper my expectations because I've sure. been a big Levert fan myself too, and I, I agree. You know, I remember that Brooklyn team with D'Angelo. Um, and, you know, Jared Allen was – that was kind of like Jared Allen's coming out party, right? And then now this is like his real coming out party. Like he's – now he's like, no, I'm I'm not just like one of the best young centers. I'm one of the best centers. So, um, And him and Karis know how to play together. So it's not going to be like brand, brand new for Karis coming in there, which I, I sort of think is important for a team. I mean, where's Cleveland right now? Are they fourth? They are fifth. Yeah, this is – this is really exciting for them. They're tied with Philadelphia for fourth place, actually. Um, this this made their team better. It really did. Yeah, no, it, it it's worked out. Uh, I mean, it could work out. Um, so I like it. And I think I think from, you know, the Pacers side, like, you know, get some assets, right? So um, 
So let let just remind me again of what the Pacers acquired completely. I don't remember okay. all of the pieces. So they're so the Pacers are taking Ricky Rubio, who's an expiring mm-hmm. contract. Um, they get a lottery protected first round pick this year. They get a couple of right. seconds as well. And yeah. So they get a lottery protected first. Right. Which, you know, for that's a first Indiana round pick. Yeah. And then they get two. So they net, they net because they gave up a second, right? So they yeah. net one second. Um, so I like, I, I like this from their perspective. I think that they should do one more trade and trade you know, one of those big men if they can. Um, But, you know, I think this is a good start and they need, and they need to like, you know, start moving towards this rebuild. Dude, like Kaminga and Moody on this team instead of Sabonis would look pretty good to me. Um, Whatever. I mean, the players do that, but Sabonis is still just 24 or 25. It's not like he's some 32 year old veteran. You know, or but I think the Warriors might consider giving up one of those guys with another piece, right? Like maybe, maybe it's Lee and Kaminga and a pick, right, or something along those lines. I, I don't know why James Wiseman is, you know, untradeable to whatever. Yeah, we already we, talked about the Warriors, yeah. but the Pacers—they have good players. Like they absolutely have good players, and it mm-hmm. seems like some of those good players are available now. Fantasy wise, what this does, and in real life, um, Chris Duarte is going to get more minutes, I think. Yeah, and you know they're going to start focusing maybe on some of the dudes. I mean, Lance Lance Stevenson, I think, got resigned as well. Yeah, but... he's well, he's had his games. Um... You know, and, and Duarte is a guy that, you know, if, if you picked him up, we, we've been talking about Duarte for – we've talked about him you yeah. know, throughout the season, right? Um, if I'm Atlanta – or if I'm Indiana, I'm sort of like pissed at, at Atlanta because I would have given you more to get Cam Reddish than fucking Kevin Knox, you know, or whatever the yeah. next down there. Like Cam Reddish, I'm pissed that the Pistons couldn't get him. Like that yeah. – Atlanta could have done better. They absolutely could have done better. Yeah, they just dumped him, basically. It's ridiculous, dude. And, you know, Cam Reddish's agent is going to be pissed because Cam's not playing in New York either. Like, if you're going to trade someone, at least trade them somewhere, they'll get PT. I mean, that's not Atlanta's fault, but come on. Anyway, um, the Pacers, if they're going to blow it up, and by blow it up, that means trading at least one of Sabonis or Miles Turner then you would assume they'll be getting, you know, at least picks and players back. So maybe mm-hmm. they get somebody young and we get to see like a Pacers team with a shitty record, but exciting young dudes on it. I, like, I don't know who that would be, but uh, they, I mean, Sabonis is like I said, 24 or 25. Like he has real absolute value. He would be an upgrade for most teams. Miles Turner yeah. is hurt, obviously. Um, I forget what Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon's always hurt. That's like one of the problems. Like he's good when he plays. Yeah. But... Well, that's the thing, and it's you know certain you know it's not like injuries are necessarily like predictable, but when guys are have been hurt, you know, for parts of like almost every season of their career, it's like you kind of have to take that into consideration. 
It's like, hey, so what's the bio on this guy? Oh, uh, well, when he's been able to play, he's been really good. Oh, well, what do you mean by that? I Nothing. He's good when he plays. You're saying yeah, it's exactly. Really, no, he's good when he plays. That's all you need to know, even if it's just once in a blue moon. Um, this is, you know... This this could either be the start. It's been a quiet trade season, so this could either be the start of a wave and a mad rush, or this could be it, and the trade season could be a dud. You know, like maybe there are just some moves around the edges, some buyouts and stuff, but like maybe this is the last big thing that happens. Brandon, do you have a feel for the NBA right now? Do you think there will be a big trade? Do you think it will? you know, sort of ebb and be quiet. It's, uh, it's this, it's the 10th. So mm-hmm. the trade deadline is this week. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I thought there would have been a lot more trade activity. Um, I think what happens too, though, is with the expanded playoffs, more teams are in it. So they don't necessarily want to be sellers. It's kind of like the same effect as what happens in major league baseball. Right. So, um, you don't have as much trade activity because there's not as many like declared sellers like early in the year. Um, and so, you know, I, I was a little disappointed that we're, or I, I have been disappointed that we're at this point and there, you know, only been these, you know, these we're, we're like really excited about these trades and like, these should have been like secondary trades. Right. But um, yeah, something tells, I don't know. I, maybe I'm, maybe it's my heart, but, I think that I there's going to be at least one interesting trade okay. between now and the deadline that that like could actually impact like title chances. So there have been moments during the season where I thought it's going to be a quiet trade season because of a plethora of different reasons. Um, but also that means that it's, you know, like Maury Moneyball. Like if someone thinks that they can up their chances by 5%, then they'll probably go all in because no one else is going to be trading. Right. So from a certain point of view, if it's quiet, that suggests that someone should be aggressive because everybody else is being conservative. So maybe you can up your odds cheaper mm-hmm. or easier than you otherwise would be able to. Yeah, you're the only so buyer. Exactly. So from that point of view, I agree with you 100%. But I also think that it is such a weird year and the money is going to change because, you know, the cap is going up after being flat for a while. Um, Almost all of the teams um, that, you know, really super wanted to get to the playoffs or compete for the title, like already shot their wad, like the Lakers, you know, some teams are just sort of paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are only a couple of sellers. And one of those sellers, like we keep mentioning is the Pistons with Jeremy Grant. And it doesn't really seem like either the Pistons or Jeremy want to trade him. So great. Let's keep him. That's awesome. Uh, they'll trade some of the other players, I think, but you know, that's one of the big targets taken off the board. This is also, what, the second year with the play-in? And I think that in the next couple of years, we're going to start seeing teams um, sort of buck the trend and be like, oh, yeah, well, we're a play-in team, but we're going to voluntarily take a step back because that will give us an advantage in this trade market. Like, we know that we could make the play-in, 
we're trading away one of our better players to try to strengthen our core for our playoff run next year. So I think right now the league is still trying to figure out what the play-in means, um, how easy it is to get into it, Mm -hmm. what kind of effect it has on the trade deadline. And, you know, people are going to find advantages. That's what these front offices are designed to do. You know, like where can we get an edge of even 1% just on the margins? So one of these teams is going to go like full fucking Tampa Bay Rays in the next couple of years, I think, and be like trade away one of their main dudes and crater their chances for a playoff run just because they think it'll make their next three-year outlook better by whatever, 7%. Yeah, I, and I think that's a smart strategy. And I think in the NBA, you need like high end talent. So there's really not, it's really not like what the Spurs are doing, like teams like that. It's like, you know, the Spurs have DeJounte and, you know, they have a proven formula, but, you know, it's like, it's tough to really see them, a team like that, getting over the hump without adding some like, without hitting something in the draft where you're like, okay. And your odds are better when you have higher draft picks. Um, some teams are better at drafting than others, but you need to kind of, you know, if you're one of those teams, you have to hit on someone in the draft. But if Charlotte, for instance, a team that is definitely going to the playoffs this year, we think, we're like, hey, you know what? Gordon Hayward's available. Supposedly you know, like Charlotte, they like, they're saying yeah. LaMelo Ball, like, supposedly doesn't really like the coach. And, uh, <laughs> well, dude. Okay. First of all, like you, you can't just let your 19, 20 year old sophomore <laughs> who hasn't even played two full seasons of games be like, I, I, I don't like this guy. So I mean, they, they got it. There was like a huge argument with him and book night and like on the sideline during the game. So I don't know. It just seems it just, I just kind of wonder like, are they really, how far they'll go this year. Like, what are their expectations at this well, point? Well, the Hornets don't, don't even play like defense at all, like, by choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they'd actually be better at it. So I don't think they care. They're just out there having fun. Um, I, you know, like, you, 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 these are super young kids, and you can't be, you can't cater to their capriciousness. Like these are the dog days of the NBA. Everyone's pissed off. No one's happy right now. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's tired. Everyone's a little bit bored. They're just waiting to get to the all-star game. Lamelo's probably a little bit pissed off about that. Um, I, so like if I, I, I don't take griping, you know, it's like baseball teams griping in August. It's like, yeah, we get it, man. Like it's been a long season. Just shut the fuck up and like, Let's ready for the playoffs. Yeah. But if Charlotte were willing to what they could get whatever they wanted for Miles Bridges. Whatever they wanted. Like you could call up Boston and legit be like, what's up with Jalen Brown if Miles Bridges is on the table, I think. Yeah, probably at this point. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a max player. So I think you could get something for Terry Rozier. Like, I just don't think that this team is like a real threat in the playoffs, but they have players who could be useful for playoff teams. Anyway. I, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not as bullish on them for this season either. So I agree. Like, you know, might maybe make sense to make a trade there. Um, Like, yo, here's Gordon Hayward. Can we have DeAndre Ayton? Here's Gordon Hayward and Mason Plumlee. 
can we have DeAndre Ayton and like maybe a pick or whatever? And then you get Ayton there with LaMelo? Yeah, and you can then you start playing James Booknight. Damn. Ugh. Okay. Too much 2K is what too much 2K thinking is what that is. Um, all right, let's, I forgot to say our new challenge game. So the new challenge game for this upcoming week is going to be a real good one, Brandon. Uh, neither of these teams have been a challenge game for us so far this season. Okay. We watch on Saturday night, by the way, I hope you didn't have plans with the misses. <laughs> The Sacramento Kings at the Washington Wizards. You're welcome. Absolutely. Kings versus mages. The Wizards are currently 24 and 28th. They're in the 11th seed in the East. And the Kings somehow (laughs) are 20 and 35. They're in the 13th seed in the West. Like they even in the year when the West is weak, they still can't break through and even be a play-in team like they're beneath the fucking spurs i think what the hell dude yeah, yeah they're beneath the per the spurs the pelicans the blazers who lost dame and cj mccollum for a while that's so pathetic oh my god they like that team is as is in as much disarray as they've ever been even though they have well, some all i'm gonna say is that what I have to say about these teams is that hopefully there's a trade between now and this game. <laughs> like, because <laughs> otherwise, whoo! <laughs> I well, first of all, Tyrese Halliburton is the truth. He's he's a legit NBA player, and he's worth watching all the time. He's um, good. He's very good, and uh, but he's he's not. He's he's not like a number one player on a championship team. Correct. To me, at least. No one on know. that team is. You know, it's like a team made out of twos and threes. You know, yeah. like fucking well, and I'm, I'm even saying, I'm even kind of assuming Halliburton is still going to continue to get better. And I still yeah, don't think he's sure. like that, that guy. But uh, I do think he could be... Is his upside, does he have more upside than like peak CJ McCullum? Yes. Yes, right? Okay, I agree. I, I think does, so. Does he have more upside than peak Clay Thompson? No. <laughs> no one does. Clay Thompson, like his arms are going to be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Like there no one can score as much as Clay really. Like he he can get forty in a goddamn quarter. He he's Agreed. incredible. I think so. I'm, ju- I'm trying to bracket him an MVP. Right, you're trying to gauge like how good I think Halliburton is. I think he is not in the tier of Ja or Trey. Um, you know, would I trade Scotty Barnes for him? No. Um, would I trade Cade for him? No. But. He's still good. Anyone else. <laughs> but it's like, it's so hard. He's better than be a real threat when your point guard is the best player on your team. You know, like that's, it's just tough. Would you trade RJ Barrett for him? Yes. Right. No. For the Knicks. No, you want, you don't do that. 
No, I think our well, first of all, RJ has been f- fucking spectacular recently, and he's somehow one of the most clutch players in the NBA. But uh, his perimeter defense and scoring is more valuable, in my opinion, than Halliburton. Like, I I, I think you can replicate like eighty okay. percent of Halliburton for a cheaper price, and it's harder to do that with someone like RJ. Brandon Ingram. No, you know I love B.I. He's done great. He's having such a good season. He's the fucking reason the Pelicans have a better record than the fucking Kings. He's great. Oh, my God. Ugh, trade Jeremy Grant for him. Fucking come up to Detroit. Shit, I love Brandon Ingram. I think he's so, so, so good. Yeah. This is really um, not going well for you. Okay, how about... Uh... <laughs> well... Because here, like Halliburton is a complimentary player. It, like I think he'll be a a really, really, really good one, but I don't think he can be the focal point of your offense. Um, but I, I'd rather have him than De'Aaron Fox, you know. <laughs> and I'd basically rather have him than anybody else on the Kings. I think he's their best player. Yeah, and, you know the Marvin Bagley thing looks worse and worse and worse. Um. And they just have players on the team that they don't need right now. Like they have legitimately useful players that, and they could get assets for them, but whatever. I hope they don't make a trade because that's funnier. It is funnier. Um, All right. Yeah. Saturday (laughs) nights. Let your wife know. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have a bunch. You have a bunch. Uh, oh, I did. I did want to ask you this. Like, we're approaching the All Star Game. It's a time to sort of consider the NBA. Do you have one fantasy player that you've enjoyed this year that you really want, wish you had? Anyone that's jumped out to you? Any thoughts about like a singular fantasy dude? Yes, and that is Robert Williams. So I mm-hmm. traded him in mm-hmm. our dynasty oh, league, Lord. and. Oh, I miss him. And he's another guy who deals with injuries, but like, I mean, when he when he's on, it's just yeah. like it's Top ridiculous. 50 yeah, I mean, in, in some leagues, depending on your format, he can be top thirty. Um, sure. So, I mean, his blocks are just so consistent, and his field goal percentage is is just so he's so efficient, and. uh his rebounding prowess too. Like when he plays and he like, and he gets the boards, he can, I mean, he had 17 boards uh, a couple weeks ago and then he had 16 boards a week ago. Um, he's not going to get a double, double every night, but his blocks make up for that. Mm-hmm. And he passes the ball too. Yeah. Boston is quietly seven and three in their last 10 games. And they have one of the best defenses in the NBA since the calendar turned 2022. Um, Time Lord, would you trade him for Tyrese Halliburton? Mm. Yes. I think I'd I would have too. Halliburton. Yeah. But Let's... I don't know if that that's not a that for the Kings, like where is that that doesn't no. really Right, but the Kings are so stupid and they do everything dumb. <laughs> like you know, they'd probably send a pick to Boston also. Ugh, they're so stupid. Um What about yourself? Time Lord is for real, and I think I think we're going to see more of these like 
not undersized, but you know, like not seven yeah. footers with like big motors, wingspans. It's, yeah. it's wingspan, and and it's running. Like Montrez Harrell to actually, you know, how like Embiid needs like a few steps to actually start running. You know, like you can't just break into a sprint for big dudes. Uh, well, that's why. Yeah, when guys are like six eight to six, you know, six nine. Yeah, but they just have but. NBA scouts at this point value wingspan over height. Um, totally. And athleticism. So, yeah. You're not so if you're standing in pain, you have to switch and you have to move. You're 6'8, but you have a seven foot wingspan or a 7'2 wingspan. It's like, um, you know, there's guys in the NBA, like in NBA, like solid. Like there's certain guys that have almost a foot difference now yeah. between their, yeah. their height and their wingspan. There's guys that are, Legit, like, 6'3 guards that have seven-plus wingspan. Every time I see DeJounte Murray, I just I, – I know that his arms are going to open up, and it's like it's like something from the Dark Crystal. Like, fucking terrifying bird wings are opening. His arms look longer than they should be, and this is happening more and more. I mean, Matisse Teibel, fucking uh, – oh, there's yeah. one of the Wizards dudes. I forget – there, it's insane. Montrez Harrell has he's has one of the all time greatest height wingspan differentials. And so now all the driving lanes are crowded by these dudes who are have Mister Fantastic, you know, elastic arms, and it's mm-hmm. just making everything so much harder because they don't actually have to cover more distance with their feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like their arms extend their defense. Um, it's, 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 it's going to keep happening more and more and more. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an ad or do you want me to start? Uh, why don't you start? Because I think you have more than me. So, okay. Um, I'm going to start with a dude that is not young and We've already talked about his team. I'm going to talk about Mr. Kevin Love of your Cleveland Cavaliers, who is 36% rostered. Mm -hmm. He has a top 100 player on the season in basic fantasy, which is astonishing considering how we felt about him before the season began. Also, a dude coming off the bench for the most part, a top 100. Okay. And it's maintained like the, it hasn't just been like a bunch at the start. It, like he's been this valuable the whole time. So yeah, that was, that was one of my guys too. Um, I just, I, I'm, it, I don't understand what people are waiting for. It's do because they think it's still old Kevin love and he comes off the bench, but they don't understand. Okay. He's the season's half over at this point though. Like, I know. Come on. Like, <laughs> What are you exactly? What are you waiting for? Like, I don't get it. 35%. It makes no sense. Like, preach, he yeah. averages 14, point, 14 plus points per game, seven plus rebounds per game, two plus assists per game, and he takes at least six three point attempts per game. Okay, 14, seven, and two with six three point attempts per game. Seven players in the NBA do that. Those seven players are LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Paul George, James Harden, LaMelo, and Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love does that in 22 minutes per game. Yeah. The next lowest minutes per game 
is LaMelo at 32. Kevin Love is doing that in 10 fewer minutes than the rest of those guys on that list, which suggests, like, first of all, immense efficiency for someone who's playing that that low amount of minutes per game. And it's just perfect for him because, you know, it's like he's a reliever now instead of a Mm start. He has to come in and throw like two high octane innings and he's perfect at it. He's over the last two weeks, he's averaging 17, nine and two with three, three pointers made. And now that they are actually acquiring a guy who can drive and score that might even open things up and make it a little bit easier. This is, like I said, I'm astounded. It is he is the Renaissance man, Kevin Love, because this is one of the biggest. Like he should almost be like up for most improved player. You know, it is amazing what he's been able to do. Yeah, no, I I mean he was the top guy on my list. So, um, I mean I'm, I don't need to rattle off any other num more numbers, but it's just he should be owned in. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, why is he not on at least all leagues? <laughs> like, what do you need? I think even half of all leagues <laughs> is way too low. I think it should sure. be like seventy percent at this point. Like, he's. I don't see what people are waiting. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop, but like, I don't know what that is. Like, he's part of yeah. this. He's a big part of what they're doing here, and yeah. he's gonna play. He, like, there's no one taking his spot anytime soon. He's one of the reasons they have such a good record. It yeah. is a vital cog in how they are. And like, th- they seem as shocked as anyone. I mean, no one fucking expected this, but it is happening. But he is and- so, he is so, he, he's been, he is such a good, he is such a skilled guy who never really relied on like athleticism. So like his game translates well to like later in his career, right? Like he's, his skill set is something that lends itself to playing for a while. And, uh, and he can distribute and he's another dude who knows what it's like to be the focal point of an, of running an offense. Like he was the man in Minnesota. Yeah. It's, It's so fucking weird. It is yeah. so weird that this team with Kevin Love is like, I just can't believe it. It's the strangest thing to happen in the NBA for a, a little bit, I think. This is totally bizarre. Um, Okay, well, that was one of your dudes. Give us another one of your dudes. Okay, so, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of the guys that we've talked about the last few weeks, they're, they're obviously still relevant here. Um, but... uh I looked at some like more shallow, you know, or some guys that are owned in, I'm sorry, guys that are owned in, in very few leagues. Um, and uh, Darius Baisley is a guy who, mm-hmm. you know, we've, he's been around for a while, um, but he's still like super young. Um, and, you know, he's been playing pretty well lately and he's playing like a ton of minutes. Um, so in the, yeah. you know, the last couple of weeks he's playing, like almost 34 minutes a game um, at the same time he's scoring his scoring is up a little bit. So he was like more of a 10 points per game guy on the season. Now he's more in the 12 to 13 points in scoring um, and almost nine rebounds. So he's like a, he's like a rebounding wing um, who, you know, if he, if he can develop his scoring a little bit more, 
is a guy who like kind of rounds out the stat sheet a little bit. So, you know, on, on the season, he's a two stock guy, almost one steal and one block, um, you know, and, and he's giving you more than a block. Um, but, you know, lately he's, his steals have even picked up. So this is a guy who can give you a steal, a block, um, flirt with a double double on a nightly basis. Um, and maybe he has the potential to even increase his scoring upwards to like closer to 15 by the sure. end of the year. Um, he's a guy I'm still, I'm still kind of intrigued by in, uh, in dynasty leagues. Um, and, and even for this year, I think, you know, he's a, he's a nice asset. Uh, the Thunder play four games this week and Shia Gilgis Alexander is out through at least the all-star break, perhaps longer. Um, I feel like this team should have more talent on it than it does, even yeah, though I like a bunch of, of the players on the team. Like I, I like Baisley a lot, actually. Um, he's still 21, by the way. Right. And he's not a dude like Poku, you know, where it's like kind of a carnival attraction or, you know, like, yeah, a, like, like Baisley, you could so, see him having like a for real solid 13 year career. Um, I, but I'm just sort of always astonished at when I look at this roster, like there's, there's so little there for as much as I thought that they were all about asset accumulation. Like I, I feel like they should have more, um, but you know, SGA the next while and uh, Baisley like should be getting some of those shots and minutes. Otherwise, yeah, what the agreed. you're doing. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. And I, I agree. There is a lack of like young high end talent here. And that's kind of like uh, one of the reasons why I think Baisley has an opportunity in the interim, like two years from now, if he hasn't put it together, I don't think we're talking about him. but you know, he's still a guy who, you know, he's, he's, and he's really inefficient, you know, just, just to, you know, for, for the record in case, you know, people aren't familiar with him as much. He's not, a guy that's going to like help your field goal percentage at all. But I still think that, you know, because of his youth, um, you know, maybe you, you hope for some improvement there. Dude, and also and if he's going to put up counting stats, you know. Right. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll, I'll, like he's okay with SGA out. It's like the Dort Giddy Baisley show. And Giddy mm-hmm. doesn't really shoot like that's, you know, like he can't score either, even though he's been doing better at that as the season has gone along. But it's like he is going to be a dude that you're hoping gets Baisley going and, mm-hmm. towards, you know, been scoring like 20 points a game, mainly because he's the only fucking dude on the team who can. Uh, but like Baisley has an opportunity over the next couple of weeks to really make a jump. And I'm hoping that he does because. Yeah. Like the I, like, I want to see the Thunder succeed, and I want to see the young players, you know, improve at the least. And I like him. Yeah, I just sort of yeah. feel he's a blue collar dude who should be playing in the NBA for a long time. Yeah, and Lou Dort, you know, another guy, like you said, he's he's owned in only thirty one percent of leagues. So, um, dude, agreed. He's another. He's been guy top be seventy five over the past month. Like, I don't understand that shit at all. He, and now he's scoring twenty points per game. Yeah. So. Like what it's because people don't know who he is. But whatever. Yeah, sometimes you have to look on these on these shitty teams and find yeah. the guys who are getting the usage. So, uh yeah, that that's, Thunder, that's that's my first guy. And the Thunder are playing four games this week again. So like Yep. Yeah, look at Basley. Available, good player, bad team or like improving young player, bad team. Yeah. 
hopefully gets volume. All right, who, who's uh, who's another guy? Um, so I just have two others. Um, so I'll just give you both. Um, Javante Green and Jackson Hayes, both owned in 3% of leagues. So we we talked about the Bulls, and we talked about, you know, we did a, a little segment on the two Bulls guards that, you know, Jasun Moo and Kobe White. And, um, you know, it, it, it turns out that uh, Javante Green was kind of the biggest benefactor of uh, of the situation with Caruso and Lonzo Ball, you know, being out. Um, Javante Green has back issues. Like they're just losing guards left and right. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So Javante Green in the last, last week, um, he's averaged 14 points, almost five rebounds, two steals plus a block. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, taking advantage of this opportunity. You know, he's owned in less than 4% of leagues. Um, he's a guy that he's, you know, right while it's hot, while he's hot, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to even kind of keep this up from now until those guys come back from injury. He may fall off a cliff, but while he's playing like this, I like his, it seems like he has a lot of confidence. He has the opportunity um, if you need a guy in, in a deep league, he's owned in only owned in 4% of league or 3% of league. So, um, Javante Green is another guy on that Bulls roster. And, and that's not to say that, um, you know, Desunmu and White aren't going to continue to play well. It just means that, uh, Green is also carving out a, a role right now. And like you said, if, if Levine is going to miss time, yeah. And it's it's DeRozan who, like like we discussed earlier in the year, is playing the four now, um, right. and then yep. you know these multiple wings. So Green, you could see a lineup where you see Desunmu, White, Green, and uh, and DeRozan out there. The Bulls front court is technically Nikola Vucevic and Demar DeRozan, which yeah. is incredible like if you had asked a bulls fan three years ago what what they thought of their team if in a couple of years demar Derozan was their power forward and nikola Vucevic Mm -hmm. was their center they'd be like we're the worst team in the nba um if you're in a day-to-day you know league where you can stream like for real pick him up and take advantage as long as you fucking can um Io Ao Desunmu, he's dishing dimes left and right. You know, he'd eleven yeah. versus the Blazers. I think um, he's he he's not gonna get you many. He'll have games where he's double digit points, and he's efficient at scoring. But mm-hmm. uh, he's trying to get other dudes going, and he's actually listed as the starting point guard on this poor Bulls team that keeps losing people left and right. Unfucking believable. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. And I actually think Kobe White is injured now, too. What is going on in Chicago? Yeah, Kobe White missed the last game. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with him. But, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been challenging. You know, Dude, and, like, to... no one in the entire world is talking about Vooch. No one has yeah. even mentioned his his own teammates don't know who he is this year. <laughs> and yeah. there he is, just averaging, you know, like, fucking what he always does, really. And then uh, the other guy is Jackson Hayes, who um, I like him. Yeah, he's he's got the opportunity now. So his minutes, he's his last four games, um, he's averaging around thirty minutes a game. Um, in his score, he's had three games out of those four where he scored at least nineteen points. He's had at least seven rebounds in all of the games, and, and it 
in one game was a 22 and 11 game. Um, and on the stocks side, you know, he's, he's really filling it up there. Um, he's had oh, on the, over those four games, he has seven, seven blocks, three steals. So he's giving you two and a half stocks a game over those. So um, if he's going to continue to play, which it looks like they, they're, they want to play him. Um, you know, I think he's a guy who is going to give you some, you know, DeAndre Ayton-esque production if he's going to play these kind of minutes. You're not kidding. Guess what he did tonight? By the way, I picked him up in our main league, so I am definitely going to take a victory lap for this. Uh, tonight they played the Rockets, so, you know, take that mm-hmm. with a big grain of salt. Mr. Jackson Hayes scored 21 points, grabbed seven rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and a three. He went four for six from the line, eight for 10 overall in 28 minutes. I sure as hell will take that. Yes, I, sir. Yeah, take Brandon's advice. Like, roll with this while you can. Also, yeah. another weird thing. It's like if he and Jonas Valanciunas can play together, then you have another, like, enormous front court like Cleveland. And and then, you know, be like, this is, this is a weird NBA year. A lot of things are changing. Yeah. Um, Heights back oh, yeah. in three percent of leagues for, for Hayes, um, as well as Javante Green. I'm gonna go back up on the roster gauge and go to a 21% rostered player. Okay, the mad monk Malik, mm. who we've mentioned a few times throughout the season. We both, you know. We're encouraged. We thought that he would be a, a an elite perimeter threat coming into the NBA. It didn't work out that way. But now, maybe it is. He is playing and starting for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, he has been a top 100 player on the season. He's been a top 75 player over the past month. Over the past two weeks, he's averaged 18, 4, and 3 with 3 plus 3-pointers made per game. But this is the stat I like the most. Since the calendar turned, since January 1st of 2022, there have been 56 players who average at least six three-point attempts per game. Malik Monk, out of those 56 players, has the second best three-point percentage overall. He is a sniper at Mm. last in volume. On a team, by the way, LeBron James succeeds when he has shooters around him. Russell Westbrook cannot succeed unless there are shooters around him. Anthony Davis had one good year shooting threes in the bubble. He needs shooters around him. Malik Monk might actually have the safest job in the NBA because the the three stars on that team can't succeed without a shooter. And LeBron, I mean, LeBron's having an exceptional year from three. He's one of the, you know, best perimeter threats in the game right now, but Malik Monk is vital to the success of the Lakers. And unless they can upgrade his particular role, and I don't think that they can, they can't, Right. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing to give up. Like he's, <laughs> he is going to play and start for the fucking Lakers for the rest of the season. I think that 
he's finally in a place with three hall of famers where he like, isn't being asked to do too much, but what he is being asked to do, he can do. And, uh, you know, he just on a team with the worst geometry in the entire league, his math actually works. Like he actually fits there because the rest of the team is so stupid. But it's like, here's the one dude that can actually hit threes on a consistent basis. And, yeah. and you know, it's just, it's so funny watching the Lakers. It's just so, fu- like, Russ is airballing. He's he's not playing in overtimes. Um, he, <laughs> like, they don't even really, like, structure their attack no, they, they, with yeah, him it's, in it's mind. Not, it's not fun thing. basketball to watch. I mean, obviously, it's oh. always cool to watch LeBron and AD's great, but, yeah, it's not. It's not a fun team to watch. They're just not. I like Monk. I'll take Monk. I'll take my a share of Monk at that at that ownership for sure. Yeah. Um, and a you know I've liked Monk since, he, since yeah. he came into the league. I've liked Monk. So um, just you know, the, his shooting talent is what he was the best shooter in that draft. And so yeah, I like it. It's a great situation, like you said. He's he's a, a necessity for this this roster construction, and so that that works out. Well, and for not him. for nothing with Carmelo Anthony being out, like that just makes things even tastier for the Mad Monk. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. all right, well, if I need to play forty minutes, I guess I can play forty minutes. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, take a look at Malik. Who else uh, do you have? Let's see. Who else do I have? Um, I mean, let's let's just mention Herb Jones, who continues mm-hmm. to be a top seventy-five player. No one knows who he is, which is fine. Um, since December 1st, Young Herb is averaging 12-4-2 on 50% shooting overall with over a steal per game, over a block per game, and a three-pointer made per game. Yeah. The player, this is since December 1st. The players on the season who are doing that who, the players on the season who are averaging at least a steal, at least at least a block, at least a three-pointer made, and are shooting 50% from the floor are LeBron, Giannis, and Big Cat. Am I saying that Herb Jones is at their level? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> He's as good as those three guys. And if you disagree with me, you can go fuck yourself. No, I am not saying that. But in fantasy, he is approximating their elite value with his counting stats he's not hurting you in your field goal percentage he's you know scoring like 12 points per game right now but you like him because of the counting stats across all three perimeter stats a steal a three with good shooting from the floor that's that's why he's been a top 75 player the whole season Mm mm-hmm He's a young yeah. player. No one knows who he is. No one He's watches the Orleans Pelicans games. Right. And, um, you know, there's no, there's no competition. Like, he, like they, they want to play him. He's one of the best young defenders in the NBA, full stop. And um, he's, I th- he's one of my favorite young players to watch. Yeah, like, he's great. Like, I think LaMelo's number one just because all the fucking crazy shit he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. 
like Mobley is like watching a science experiment. So it's just super interesting. <laughs> I love Scotty Barnes. Obviously I have to say Cade, but you know, like Herb Jones is going to be a successful player in the NBA. I have no doubt about that at all. Yeah, no, I agreed. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about him for weeks. So, uh, also I just have to mention, so James Harden is now missing games for the mm-hmm. Nets. Patty Mills still <laughs> somehow <laughs> continues to be needed by the Brooklyn Nets as a vital instrument. The only reason the Nets have the record they do is because of Patty Mills. He has been the one constant in this entire season for them. He's top four in three-pointers made over the past couple of weeks. He's averaging four threes per game, 16, two, and two. He's a top 75 player on the year and for the past month. If James Harden is going to start missing games, and Kyrie won't get vaxxed and can only play on certain road games, and KD is going to be out for a while, and Brooklyn Joe Harris isn't coming back at all. Like, this is Patty Mills's team. He's yeah. the only fucking guy who actually plays every game. It's him and Steve Nash against the world. And, you know, it's a Canadian and an Australian. And I just feel like that's a buddy cop movie waiting to happen. And, and I wish nothing for the best, but the best for Patty. I'm so happy this ended up happening. It's so and they're funny. At home. They're at home. Uh, they're at home tomorrow. So, like, that means no Kyrie. So right. it's like, <laughs> and there's no Harden. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Happened, man? So it's just, it's just Patty's. Patty's literally the number one option tomorrow night, dude. And so he's looking to his right. Leagues, he's looking to his left, and it's like that's fucking Blake Griffin. I can't pass it to him. That's Bruce yeah. Brown. He's not in the dunker spot. Like it is unreal watching these Nets games and just realizing that for a large, significant proportion of them, Patty Mills has been the most talented player for the nets mm-hmm. pretty it's, much and uh yeah he's he's great in fantasy i suggest everyone should pick him up yeah still still what 25 percent yeah 28 percent yeah come on guys all right brandon any uh any parting thoughts any other players uh, that's it for me as far as ads. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of the, the guys we've mentioned before, um, a, a bunch that you've, you've mentioned, you know, my opinion hasn't changed on them. I'm just trying to kind of focus more on, on new ads. Um, but yeah, there's, there's still plenty of value and, uh, you know, the, there, there's guy, there's going to be new guys every week. So, you know, I think that for me, like this, these, these, couple fantasy seasons have been the most like wide open because there's so much you can do with roster management. So, you know, just keep, just keep looking and just keep, you know, stay abreast, check, check your, uh, you know, see who's hot in your league, see whose roster ownership is going up and just, you know, keep looking for those hidden gems. These are the dog days, you know, the Super Bowl is next week. It's Valentine's day. There's the all-star game. Baseball is supposed to be starting up, but obviously that isn't happening. Uh, so a lot of people are bored and not paying attention. So just like you said, if you can gain an edge, if you keep digging, yep. Brandon, have a good week. Enjoy Kings at wizards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like I know you will. Uh, we'll talk that's to you the, next that's day week. Night. Absolutely. Yeah. For me too. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Take care.